have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. And welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I am your host, Nicole Strickland, on this Thursday night, January 21st, 2021. I hope you're doing well. You can join the show right there at WLTKDB.com or the Let's Talk dot com right there you can uh, join the chat room right there on the main website sign in through facebook do whatever you need to do and uh, again like i said i hope everyone's doing well tonight so uh right now our guest is having some technical difficulty but that's okay you know we just have to go with the flow life is too short to stress over these things so it's just going to be me a little bit and hopefully talking a little bit and then hopefully we'll get her in no problem as soon as possible. So uh, a little housekeeping here. Now I have some good news and this actually, I must admit, this caught me off guard this morning. I didn't expect it. So I get on like I do every morning to check my email and I received an email from Feedspot, and the email read, uh, congratulations, your radio show, The Afterlife Chronicles, has been selected as one of the top radio shows about the afterlife. And I sat there for a second, and I, and I said, what? No. What? No. You know, not that I don't believe that I can't achieve, achieve success. I just was caught off guard. And so uh, there was a link there and I, I clicked on it and I looked at all the other shows that were listed. There's 25 and I scrolled down. And of course, mine, the Afterlife Chronicles is number 13 on the list. So I, I can't believe it. I'm still kind of in shock. I, I, I want to thank Feedspot so much for for honoring the show, and more importantly, honoring the network, WLTKDB, also known known as the Let's Talk.com. I mean, this is such great news for the network and for all the other amazing hosts and, and shows on the network. And this could not have been achieved without uh, giving Todd Bates, I mean, president, he's the master of the mothership concerning WLTKDB. He does everything. So this could not have occurred without all of his help and all of his expertise and all of his input. So thank you so much, Feedspot. Thank you so much, Todd Bates, for believing in me and and, uh, having me join you guys in this radio journey. So really, really exciting news. Um, so tonight's guest, and uh, unfortunately, I think she's coming in now, so I'll just take this time to introduce her. 
It's Kayleen Lord. Her name is Kayleen Lord, and she uh, also lives in California, I believe, in the Sacramento area, and I'm in San Diego, California. She's a, She's Christian, a Christian. Christian metaphysical minister, and uh, a while ago, I want to say it was in maybe in the 80s or the 90s, she uh, wrote uh, for one of the leading Northern California spiritual newspapers there. It's called the Evolving Times. And she wrote a monthly column there. And one of her columns, I guess, was named an advocate for spirit. Now, that's fantastic. That's what this show is all about. It's, it's about connecting or, or showcasing the, the connection between mortality and the afterlife. Uh, obviously, we are advocates for the spirit realm on this show. And I am, of course, in my research as a paranormal researcher. So uh, I love the name of that column, An Advocate for Spirit. Uh, she also, I guess one of her, the, the most popular uh, posts that she wrote was called Ghosts at the Door, and it shared a lot about her times at the Winchester Mystery House because her grandparents were um, the uh, original caretakers and managers of the house. So as a little girl, she got to explore the grounds of the home just all around uh, amazing times there. Now, I do want to say that she's going to be also on Todd Bates's Haunted Voices Radio on March Tuesday, March 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And on that show, she's going to be delving a little bit more into specific history of the Winchester Mystery House, um, along with a lot of her experiences there as well. So if you're into California history and you're specifically into the Winchester Mystery House, do not miss that show, Haunted Voices Radio, March 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern. She'll be on there as well as a guest. So I, I think she's in. Uh, Kayleen, or can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Perfect. Awesome. I'm so glad things worked out, you know, with radio. It's just sometimes there's technical glitches and you just have to just have to roll with the punches there. That's what you have to do. Yes. <laughs> you have to roll with the way things go. Especially now. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> So glad things are good. Um, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I've really been looking forward to tonight's show. So uh, I just introduced you a little bit, but for guests, why don't you share a little bit about your your background and what led you into your, um, I guess, journey with communicating with spirit? Well, I'd have to say that it initially started when I was a child, my grandparents were the live-in caretakers and managers of the Winchester house for about 36 years. And no other family in this entire world can say that. Exactly. And, I know. And right now, all of the elders in my family are too old to be able to do this. I'm really the last voice of what my family experienced. Wow. But I learned at the age of six years old that life does not end with passing. No, it does not. It doesn't. And see, that's what's, that's what started me initially on the path. I wanted to help people work through death, but then it evolved into being able, after I died, I died back in 1984, uh, but what led up to that was I was in college. Mm-hmm. I had made myself go back to college because I had just escaped an abusive um, relationship. Oh, and my, goodness. my eyes never left the ground. 
And I am very stubborn. And the uh, only way... <laughs> Are you there? I think we may have lost her again. Kayleen, are you there? Can you hear me? Speaker, I was the first vice president, female vice president of my college's history. And I was um, also one of three chosen out of the student body of 4,300 for outstanding service and contribution. Oh, that's great. Those are great accolades. And see, you know, walking in there with just my eyes looking down on the ground all the time, and then to move to that, I showed that I was capable of moving beyond a circumstance. Of course. And then from there, I um, did security work at one of the most dangerous malls in the United States. Uh, there was a shooting, but... I have a thing with the angels, and I'll get into this. Oh, absolutely. Um, they let me know when I have to be away, when I have to leave. And the day before, there was a shooting in a hostage situation at the mall that I worked at. I had left. If I would still been there, I would have been out in the vehicle, and I would have come across this hostage situation, and God only knows what happened. So did you actually get a certain sense to that of like impending danger? And that's, it was kind of uh, like a gut feeling, so to speak. And that's what made very you much so very much so because I worked in the security field. I mean, I was a fully equipped security officer, side handle, baton, mace, handcuffs. Uh, I had my powers of arrest card. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, I was not a security guard. I was a security officer. And, but I, I had the it was dangerous working there. I had to on a daily basis jump into crypt and blood fights. And being the only female on staff, that was really difficult. So that helped me to move beyond limitation. Right. And uh, but one day I uh, another store said, you know, we'd like to have you come over and work with us. And I thought about it, and that evening I said, I can't be here anymore. There is something going to be going on. And so I did transfer over to another security company. And that was when the good guy shooting and hostage situation took place in Sacramento, California. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I've always believed that uh, spirit, you know, our, our own, uh, you know, internal wisdom, as well as spirit guides and, and, and higher beings, if, if that's what you want to call them, can definitely help steer us in the right direction and, and help warn us of, of impending danger. So it sounds like that may have been the possibility for you. I mean, there's, there is one other circumstance where my life was literally saved by unseen, unknown circumstances. Um, at the time, I was going through college, and I had a roommate. She had her kids. I had my kids. But I found out that when I left, she kept locking my son in a darkened room. Oh, and, no. And I was, I was very, very upset. And I said, you know what? You know what? I, I have to relax just a minute. I'm going to go across the street to the store and get a soda. Mm -hmm. And I will come back, and then we can talk about this. 
And anyway, the moment I walked out the door of my apartment, walked down the stairs, there was nobody anywhere. I walked across the street, and this is a very busy street. There were no cars visible. There were no people walking down the street. And my ears started buzzing, really. I mean, I was walking like I was in a cloud. I went up to this little store, a little convenience store. I went inside. There was nobody inside the store. And so I just, I wasn't even aware of being in the body at that time. And I went over and I looked at some comic books. I got a soda. And after about five minutes, I my back was turned to the um, cash register area. And I heard scuffling and somebody running out the door. But it didn't, it didn't phase me. And I walked right up to the person and I said, here, I'd like to get these things. He looked at me like I was crazy and he said, lady, I've been held with a sawed-off shotgun to my head. And I was told that if you were notified, you would be shot too. Oh, my goodness. And I, after I walked out of the store, all of a sudden my hearing came back. People were walking on the streets. Cars were traveling. It's it's amazing the connection spirit can have for somebody. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of spirit, I mean you I mean you mentioned that you went through a near death experience, correct? Yes, yes. So you can you share a little bit about that sure, if you, if you want whatever is comfortable for you and oh, and, and yes. what that ex, what it was like for you because I mean people that go through an NDE experience certain sorts of of things and it, i mean there have been studies on numerous studies on oh i know Moody and um, Moody, absolutely um, uh, you know i i i have talked with elizabeth kubler ross before yes. before when she passed we'll get into that too but you know. i definitely want to I mean, I know the listeners would want to hear a little bit more about your um, NDE. Now, you mentioned Raymond Moody. He was the founding father in Life After Death Study. He actually collected 150 near-death experience accounts from various individuals. And so that's, I I guess, how the International Association for Near-Death Studies was developed. So Yes, I I studied one of his books uh, as I was studying to be a clinical hypnotherapist. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but it it began on a spring. No, it was a fall t- fall time. Uh, I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was in three choirs at my college, but I had noticed I had felt a lump in my throat for a long time, and it was very difficult to swallow. It was I I couldn't sing. I couldn't. I I I have the ability of going three ranges vocally, but. Um, I decided to check this out, and they tried to put the scope down my throat, but I get a gag re- reflex at just a teaspoon. Oh, I can imagine. And so they said, okay, we're going to have to have you come in. We're going to put you under light anesthesia, and then we're going to go in and examine that. And I, and I said, did you see anything, you know, f- anywhere there yet? And they said, I, we think we saw a white lump in your throat. Oh, no. So I went to the hospital, got checked in, um, was in the operating room. Uh, The staff was completely busy. And um, 
I was then told, now you're going to feel a little bit more relaxed. Well, I didn't know at the time, but this was an experimental anesthesia. Oh, my goodness. within, Within three seconds of having that go into my system, I could breathe one second and I could not breathe the next. I was going into anaphylactic shock. And I started striking out at the doctors, please, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to scream. I wanted to scream more than anything. And, and I, I felt myself, you know, you know, I, I had tried to hit the doctor, get him. No, the last thing I heard is we have a problem. And, um, I still, the one thing that, the one thing that I really wanted to do at that moment was scream, but I couldn't. But after a few moments, I started hearing thousands and thousands of screams. And with my consciousness going, I was able to see small balls of light, thousands of them rising from every cell in my body. And that's where the screams were coming from. And these balls just kept rising and rising and rising, and they started to swirl. And before I knew it, I was going up into that that near-death experience. Uh, I have many experiences, but I, I want you to, if you feel free to ask a question about what, what I just said so far, feel free. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, near-death experiences, obviously, I've never um, encountered one of those. But, I mean, people, a lot of people talk about uh seeing that or being in a tunnel and there's that uh very bright light at the end some people report seeing figures uh in that light walking some have even recognized loved ones uh people describe a darkness and coming into the light uh overwhelming feelings of peace joy and love and in many of these reports that i've studied a lot of these people that have experienced an nde they when they they're brought back, they lose interest in a lot of the material and and material world, so to speak, and no longer have uh, that fear of death. But many many people that have had an NDE that have actually died, like you have, report almost like a parrot, very vibrant colors, similarities to to Earth, but just more vibrancy to it. I don't know if that's it was, it, something it that rests. you. It was it was etheric when I first went in there because I was guided by two individuals on my way there. And one of these is kind of going to get into Todd's area of the Winchester house. I knew Sarah Winchester, the ghost, all my life growing up there. And she was one of my escorts. And on that note, we have to take a quick break. So a couple of minute break. When we get back, we'll segue right into this discussion. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond on the WLTKDB network with guest Reverend Kaylee Lord.
Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTK-DB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Patreon is a place for creators. We're one of them. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash WLTKDB. Check out all the unique support tiers we offer. You can get early release episodes, station mugs and t-shirts, free station service work, and much more. Help the station reach its $1,000 per month goal to make our station totally ad-free. Patreon.com slash WLTKDB. We appreciate your support. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I am your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB network. That's WLTKDB.com or the Let's Talk.com there. If you haven't joined chat on the website, you can do so now. Sign in through Facebook. So tonight's guest, I'm so happy to have her, is Reverend Kayleen Lord, and she is a Christian metaphysical minister and uh, has a history with the Winchester Mystery House with her grandparents being the original caretakers and managers of the home. Now, before break, she was sharing a little bit about her near-death experience. I'm so glad that things are okay and you're still with us. And right before the show, uh, you were talking a little bit about Sarah Winchester um, at the at the Winchester Mystery House. So let's go back into that discussion. So have you encountered, because a lot of people that go to the home encounter Sarah Winchester's spirit or earthbound, if you will. Have you? Many times. Yeah, very much that. so. Very much so. And, I mean, when I first met her, um, I was out in the front yard of the Winchester house. We had free reign of the place when all the tourists, tourists left. Oh, my and gosh. I was that's just, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I amazing. Just, I was just sitting out in front, you know, because I didn't want to be around all the babies and all the noise and everything. I've never been a noise-oriented person. But um, I was sitting on the the porch of the steps, the one that uh, Theodore Roosevelt knocked on, and then he was turned away and told to go the back door. Um, Then I saw my aunt. She was 14 years old. She had my brother in her arms and my sister by her hand. But completely surrounding my aunt was a very black cloud. I was only six years old. I was scared to death. I started hiding in next to the front door in a, in a corner. And I was just saying, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. 
And um, suddenly I heard this little girl's voice saying, don't be afraid. And I looked around, I looked around and inside the house, there was a little girl, a very Victorian looking little girl. And she's wearing red velvet dress. And I I thought at the time that this was the owner's daughter. And we were always instructed not to bother with the owner's family. Right. So it looks like we have a little bit of an internet break. I will say uh, myself that I, and this is uh, embarrassing, I have never... Oh, there she is. Okay. You cut out there for a little second. Are you, are you, can you hear me? Okay. Oh, yes. It just, okay. That's fine. So continue okay. what you, yeah. Continue what you were saying. Sorry about that. Um, and I continued to meet her all of my life and she was the same age as I was. And thinking that she's the owner's daughter, I, I thought it was just, you know, it was okay. If we went out in the aviary in the back of the house and we had tea my grandmother would make up two cups of tea and a pot, little pot of tea, and we would just sit there at a the table and talk and everything. And um, I thought nothing of this. And my grandfather would be making his rounds, and he would go um, right up through the windows by the uh, between the conservatory, and he waved at me and he waved at her. So you know. Um, We just continued being friends until I got to the age of 16. And she said that she, uh, you know, we had our tea. She said, I've got to go now. And I says, oh, okay. You know, and she started to walk away. And I turned around to look at her going away. And she went right through the wall. Oh, my goodness. So is that when you realized that she was ethereal? At that moment? Yes, at that time. And it scared the heck out of it. And I went to my grandfather and he said, I know, I know, you can see her. And I said, yes. You know, but why did she go through the wall? And he said, you you and I have a special gift. We can see those who for some reason have not fully left life. Right. And so that was kind of my, you know, introduction. And it turned out that this was Sarah herself, Sarah Winchester. And the reason that she had latched onto me is because I was the first uh, child, female child born to the house. Right. Yeah, that makes sense because she felt a familiarity with you. And obviously, obviously it, it, she sensed a comfort, you know, the amount of times that she came to you. Yes, yeah, that, yes. That says something. So that's that. I mean, that's an honor when a spirit can come to us like that, and in, in so many ways, and in so many times. I mean, I I don't take that lightly. I take that as a as an honor. Yeah, so. and see, you know, and you know, and, and you know, later on in 1984, that's when I died. Um, one of the people escorting me was her. I was just going to ask you. Did you see her during your NDE? Oh my gosh! I, yes, yes. I have goosebumps, and I, 
I can't believe being a Cal. I mean, I went away to college in, in Arizona. I went to the University of Arizona, but for the most, and then I lived in Las Vegas as a, as a little girl for a few years, but I've been in California pretty much my entire life. And I still have not <laughs> been to the Winchester <laughs> mystery house. What is wrong with me? That's a crime. Like, I can't believe it. So I, I, I really, I, oh my gosh. And, and I mean, just hearing these stories from someone who has such a connection to the home just inspires me to go. I just want to pack my bags and go tomorrow. <laughs> I know it's, it's oh. my private wish to, when my yeah. time comes to be cremated and secretly deposited in the gardens there. Oh God, the gardens. No, that so, would I've be, seen pictures. probably be illegal as all heck, but I've, oh, that, you know, I had my family's home, but when I was with there with my grandparents, that was my home. Right. Oh, of course. I mean, for a little girl, I mean, those crowns are so beautiful. I mean, you must have just been so amazed. It was, it was, it was amazing. You know, it's because I was always in the, in the company of one of the two watchdogs, you know, German shepherds. It was either Duke or King. And, you know, we, we explored, we went everywhere. We crawled under things and they crawled under with me and, you know, I, my grandparents knew me well enough to say we can't control her, but she's she's better when she's on her own. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, I was I I can relate because when I was a little girl, I was very adventurous myself, so I can totally relate. Now, h- how do you think Sarah now is doing in spirit? Do you are you talk Sarah, do you continue Sarah to is- talk with her on a regular basis? Well, Sarah is is content. But, That's good to know. But there is there is worry because with the coronavirus going on, they have had problems, you know, in in making the money that they need to keep it going. And there have been talks of tearing it down and building a great big, you know, uh, you know, new skyscraper building there. So she was very very concerned about that. Oh my goodness! Um, I mean, it's a it's a registered California landmark, I believe. Yeah, they can they can take it away. They if can they still want. take it. Out. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I hopefully. I mean, it, I, I'm it's such an that, iconic place. Yes, I mean it. It it will survive. I mean, that's I don't see any ending of the house. So you know, that's just that was just concerns that she had and concerns with that I had, and you know, but you know. It, when somebody dies, you will always have two escorts with you. Mm-hmm. So it's it is a it is a three form it is three forms moving at the same time. Myself being the third form, and I was allowed. Sarah could only come so far with me, and then my angel escort um, escorted me to the rest rest of the way, and. Um. Ed, okay, it says. Um, can can you hear me? I I'm hearing yeah. somebody saying that that they can't hear me that well. Okay. Oh, I no, no, I can hear you just fine. Yeah, no, it's okay. Fine. Okay, and um, when I arrived, it was so etheric. It, I I arrived in in an area where there were literally thousands of people there right but they but they they were 
formless. They were formless. And uh, then I noticed one at a time, they started disappearing. And I asked my guide, I said, what's going on here? And they explained that there is something coming in our world. And these are those that have chosen before birth to um, help the world. So this was going on during your NDE, correct? So you're you're so going back to talking about your NDE. I mean, a lot that I mean, based on some of the reports that I've read from people, um, like I said, they do describe a a very vibrant, um, colored, almost paradise, and and a lot of different souls, if you will, kind of meandering about. Uh, So it's and then. What's interesting to me is how people that have these NDEs wake up feeling just a, a renewed sense of love and peace. Did you, when you woke up and you knew that you came back, you know, you didn't end up dying, you came back to life. Did you have a, any, like a renewed sense of, of peace or how did I you feel? I was thoroughly, thoroughly exhausted. I could hardly move my body and I moved my eyes over and I saw in the corner of the room that my mother was there and I said what mom and she said they said you had a very hard time so you're staying overnight just so that it can make sure you're okay oh wow I mean most of my memories have come through visionary flashbacks where suddenly I was no longer in the room I was standing in I was back there interesting and you know that 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 group that kept leaving the person my guide said they were leaving at a time where they are to be born and in the future they're going to serve a great purpose as their contract for life so how how and, i understand that is almost like during your nde there were other individuals like yourself maybe encountering an nde as well and they were well. Actually, that's these kind of how I that had not been born yet. I see. oh, I see. Okay, they had not been born, and when they disappeared, it was because it was their time in on Earth to be born. And by a certain time, the room was empty. And um, I, um, I, I didn't understand any of this, but. There, it's uh, 16 years later, there was a memorial page in the newspaper mm-hmm. of all the people that had died in 911. Oh, and I, yes. And the night, yes. and the night that the, the, the time that this occurred, I remembered the, pitch, the faces of the people. And I drew, I used to be able to draw it quite well. But um, I, there was one person that really stuck out to me and because I had drawn her picture and I believe I sent that to you. I did. I looked at that. It's a a beautiful drawing. Saluting angel. She is in the military and she died at the Pentagon. And that, that just started major flashbacks for me again. It was like everything was so I wasn't supposed to remember everything until the time was right. And when I saw her fit picture and I put it next to this, that angel picture, I, I, I understood. 
I understood the whole concept of making a life contract before coming into this world. Right. Um, and, and gosh, it was just, I, I, I was floored. I was floored. And I became very reclusive after that because things started happening, you know, my ability to know when there was danger right, and to get away from it. And, you know, some people understood it. Some people didn't. And And, that's okay. um, That's okay. Yeah. I mean, information will come at its own, own time. Because heaven, there is no time in heaven, but here on earth, it we have time so that we have the ability to accomplish what we need to have with our human bodies. And that's, you know, everything you're saying resonates with, with many people who've experienced near-death experiences. When they have that experience, their psychic senses, and I believe that everyone has their own innate ability or own, everyone has a, their own innate intuition, so to speak, but um, exactly. but some people are more tapped into it. But having an NDE can definitely, based on from what I've heard from others and, and reports that I've read, can really uh, increase and expand your psychic senses. And that sounds like that's what happened to you. Now, we have a question in the chat room. And okay. I'm going to read the question exact. Uh, and I'm not sure who asked. But it's someone in the chat room. I have my cat Kaylee in the background wants to join the radio show, so she does oh, my this all two, the time. My two, I have treats no. cats here. <laughs> Sorry, if they come up and try to jump on the computer. <laughs> exactly. So um, the question from chat, and I'm going to read it verbatim, is what made Kayleen come back and not continue on? So I'm guessing what that person is asking is, you had a choice during your NDE. You kind of had a choice to either. Okay. You know, now, now or that's kind of how I take the question. I, I okay, apologize you know to the person if I'm not taking it the right way. Okay, but. I, I need you to repeat that because it sent a little thing through my screen here. Um, uh, transmission, uh, you know, trouble. And oh. so I didn't hear the question. Okay, so, so the question is, and this is the exact question, what made Kay... Kayleen come back and not continue on so I'm assuming that 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 they're asking about your NDE and so when you were having the the NDE and you were in the NDE near-death experience there there was may may have been a choice for you to continue on and go into spirit versus come back to mortality that's how I took the question I apologize to the person I I understand the question yeah well See, something else happened. It led up to that. Um, I was asked, what is your greatest desire in life? And I said to to know God more. Okay. And I was taken, this is very etheric now. I was taken to a blue lake of water that was on fire. And I was asked to bathe in it. Oh, wow. And when I arose out of it, I was put into a white robe, and I was brought to the Book of Life. And this is something that can't even be described. Uh, The brightest light of paper with lettering on it, even brighter. And I was told to just lightly touch it. I reach out 
what I perceived as my hand and touched it. And all the writing on the pages went up my sleeve of my robe and covered my robe completely. And they said, it's not your time. Mm-hmm. Right. You must take what you information you have received here and go back and help calm people, become an advocate for people. And, you know, when, when the world goes crazy, give them thoughts that can give them strength and hope. That's what we all need. Can you imagine how the world would be if, if, if everyone did that? Right? I, we would be very perceptive and more accommodating. And, I mean, we're moving in that direction. People are becoming more enlightened spiritually. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, you know, there will come a time, you know, not now, maybe in a hundred years, if even that, um, that all will have that spiritual sensitivity. And I think we're heading there. I, 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 sh- I, sh- I mean, I don't want to sound doubtful. I sure hope so. I, I, I want it to come sooner because I do think we're heading in that direction. There is... Uh, you can just sense it, this cosmic shift going on. It, it's it's kind of hard to put in words. Yeah, it's, it's the earth changes, the solar changes, um, our evolutionary changes. Uh, it, it's, this is one of the things that is due to come up. You know, all these things are, are invigorating our senses. And, after you become comfortable with it, then, you know, you can, you will have that sensitivity. Well said. Now you've, now we, I told you time goes by fast on radio. We have yes. about 15, uh, about, about 20 minutes left, a little under 20 minutes. Now I know you wanted to share some of your uh, experiences communicating with, with uh, angels and angelic energies. Um I assume that now, have you always been able to do this or did this come about more after your near-death experience? Well, it, it, I was always able to draw as a child, you know, and I was always able to write as a child. Um, but my mother said it was too morbid um, <laughs> because it dealt with death and what came after. And um, I... There was a time that I was in a wheelchair after about six, six, seven years after I died. And I had just, because I had fractured my coxie. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, so uh, I was not able to walk. And so I worked my way back so that I could walk. And I realized I'd gained a lot of weight in that chair. And so I put a little thing on, on the refrigerator door saying, I've lost 10 pounds. Oh, and that's such a good motivator. I love it. Yes. But one of my roommates took an offense to that and she pushed me. And I went back on my, um, I, I fell back on my coxie on the floor. And I was, I was, it, I was able to get up. It looks like there's a little bit of a internet connection. Um, she should come back shortly. But this this discussion is uh, pencils. Oh, 
There she is. Okay. You cut out again. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, I see. That's, that's okay. It. No, you worry about it. Yeah, yes, no, it happens. Don't worry about it. So just repeat maybe the last 10 seconds of like what you were saying. Okay. Um, after I'd been pushed to the floor, I didn't hold any fault on her at all. Everything has a reason for happening. Oh, of course. Even, yeah. even negative things. But I was able to get up and I was told go into my bedroom get your your drawing pads and your pencils and I did I went in I started meditation and by the time I came out of the meditation there were 30 pictures of angels in front of me oh my have you so can you describe who they are or did you just I they were of all ages and I I didn't look at any of the children who passed in 911, so I'm not sure, you know, if that was them or not. But I was, I just had this, it was like I was encompassed with love and warmth because I was surrounded, you know, by the living will of God. And that's what I was told that angels are. They are the living will of God. And, um, a lot of times I'll be writing, uh, I'll be making a comment to somebody on, on, on my Facebook and all of a sudden the angels will want to step in and they'll start, I, I, I it's automatic writing. Oh, of course. And yes. Yes. You know, uh, so that's how a lot of my posts on my advocate and advocate for spirit uh, page on Facebook is. And, um, I just got lost in train of thought. No, right don't there. worry about it. it. I actually have a question for you. So, yes, in your opinion, what's what are some of the differences? Like, how do you tell that you're uh, communicating with a higher vibrational being, uh, an angel, an angelic-like being, as opposed to, let's say, a earthbound? I imagine there's some okay. similarities, I, but I imagine there's a lot of differences as well. <laughs> it is it is crazy. I, I will be told, get a paper and pen, you know, get your notebook and a pen and just have it ready next to you. And I will start writing like one sentence and that will start a frenetic writing so fast and I will have four pages written and my hand is so cramped up afterwards. I mean, it's like I'm I'm not I don't even know what I'm writing until after I'm done and I write and I read it. So a lot of wisdom that's imparted um, that that right there is a telltale sign that, uh, you, you know, you're communicating more with a higher vibrational being. Yes, yes, because my writing, I, I have something called myoclonus. It's a mild form of epilepsy, and it's. I always tell people I am like a puppet being held by a sadistic puppeteer, and my <laughs> oh hand my just. It is. It is so hard to write when you know when one of these attacks is coming on. But my gosh, if one of these attacks comes on and I get correspondence. That I'm supposed to write my hand is just writing so fast so fast and I, I literally have to pull the pen out of my hand after I'm done I can imagine you know one of my family it's members had uh, a form of ep epilepsy and she described that uh, when she would have 
these episodes, she would see very vividly uh, a cobblestone street and she described a peddler there working on shoes and it was back in time, back in time. I don't know. She didn't specify a date. Past life experience. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. And it's so interesting that, you know, during an epileptic sort of moment, you can have those visions of perhaps a past life. And that's, that's because I remember her telling me about that. And that's what I thought. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're talking about a past life for sure. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm also feeling it was somewhere over in Hungary or, or uh, early, early, um, early Germany or, or somewhere in that area. I'm just because there aren't that many cities that have cobblestone streets and Germany is one of those. Yes, and she just she didn't mention where, but I asked. I remember asking her. I said, "Well, where do you think it was?" And and I think she said Poland. I but I'm not. It could be Germany too. But you know, yeah, it could be Poland. I I was just feeling that it was in a a deep heart of another country. Very well, could be. I I remember when I lived in Germany, they had cobblestone streets, and that was so hard. You know, oh wow, you lived it. So, what part of Germany did you live in? Um, My ex and I lived in Augsburg, Germany. Oh, okay. My son son was born there, but my ex had a problem. He was abusive, and I went into the hospital three times, and finally I called his base commander over to my bed, and I said, with all due respect, sir, get my baby and me back home. And we went back home. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, a lot of times when you're in an abusive relationship, sometimes it's hard to get out of it. You know, that was before that that. was before that that was way before, uh, you know, uh, weave even was invented. This was back in 1978. And they had no resources. And it was they just thought that this was something a woman was supposed to be subjected to. You know, it was not a crime. Right. But I didn't want the baby exposed to it. Oh, good for you. I mean, that shows a lot of strength on your part. Oh. So we have a little bit. So we have about 10 minutes left. Now, I remember you uh, saying that you are working on, I don't know if this is shareable uh, at all, but you're working oh, on a yes, couple of I am. I am projects? working on a Yes, I am working on a book. It's called Metatron's Pen. Oh. And that's because the, the the name, the angels that I worked under there with uh, them were of Metatron. And okay. he is the, the scribe of God. He is the writer of God. He is the transcriber in the book of life. And... um I see this happens all the time when I get to a real high thing where I, you know, <laughs> uh, it kind of is my mind and I'm still in that position and my mouth is going, oh, wait a minute, I was going to say something. <laughs> you know? well, that happens, that happens but, to me all the time. I mean, it's all the time. I'll have sunglasses on my head and I'll be looking and I'll be looking all around the house for my sunglasses. It happens all the time. All the time. All the time. Yep. Yep. So that sounds like a fascinating book, and so I imagine are you? Yeah, it's going to have three. Yeah, it's going to be divided into three parts. The first part will be called Sarah. The second part is going to be called a rapture of explosive soul. 
oh, which I is the near-death experience. And then the third part is picking myself up after, you know, being divorced, getting myself going, getting my, you know, working to get my divinity degree, and then eventually my PhD in theoretical metaphysics. Oh, fantastic. That, 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 you know, it's, it's supposed, and, and I'm going to be including several of um, the short stories that angels have told me to share with, with people. You know, so it's going to, you know, and the, the final chapter would be called An Advocate for Spirit. So it would have Sarah, Rapture of Explosive Soul, and then An Advocate for Spirit. So that brings right up, you know, g- going through disability. Um, you know, it's, I, I was run over, you know, um, I walk with a cane, my foot is completely crushed. And um, I just had, uh, I've had an awful lot of health problems. I mean, a month ago, no, a month and a half ago, they discovered cancer on my face. So it's, it's all these things are just telling me that you're going in the right direction because something is trying to defeat you. And um, so that's what the advocate for spirit is, is my climbing back out and bringing forth the experiences of the house and dying. That's a very healthy way to look at it. I, I know with, with cancer, I mean, any, and then I'm so sorry to hear that you're dealing with that, but uh, any sort of illness, positive thinking and optimism helps. It can go a long way, a long way. So I think you're definitely on the right track. The book sounds extremely interesting. Uh, do you know, are you going to debut it this year or is it going to take you a while to write? I, I am three quarters the way through it right oh, now. Oh, you're practically and almost I done. Am, I'm hoping sometime that a literary agent hears a story about a you know, family, the only ones to ever live in the Winchester house and say, that's marketable. You know, so uh, oh, I'm just absolutely. what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just doing what I'm doing, and I'll, I I mean, um, like I wrote something to you in an email the other day that I knew, I know that I am where I'm supposed to be right now. Right. So don't rush it. You rush it, you get your own emotions into it. That's absolutely true. And then, you know, I'm learning more to live in the now as opposed to, I know we have to yes. futurize at some, you know, some points in our life, but living more in the now, which I think is really important. Um, we have about five minutes in the show. So okay. you're also writing a fictional book, correct? I thought I read that. Oh, I, I'm, um, I, I'm, uh, yes, a fictional book. It is called uh, Platius. Oh. And it's a, what, what, it's a kind of like a what if story. Because it was very common back in the Roman days for Romans to dress as regular citizens and go out and, you know, sit with people and talk and everything. They get information from that. But this particular one is Pontius Pilate when he was a child. When he No, he was a teen. And he happened to go out to the lake and sitting there listening to a young man talk. And it turns out that that's Jesus. 
Oh, that should be. And have you started that? Yes, I have. Oh, that's fa- I mean, that'll keep you busy. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, two books on the horizon. I mean, you're just, you know, you're, you're living your dream. And, and that's amazing. I, I, like I said, radio goes by super fast. I yeah. can't thank you enough for coming on tonight and, and sharing about some of your life experiences. And I know Todd's looking forward to having you on his show again. That's uh, March 16th, Tuesday, March 16th on Haunted Voices Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern, so 6 p.m. Pacific. And you're going to go more into the Winchester Mystery House, like I said before. So like I said, those that are interested in California history, uh, those that are interested in history in general, the Winchester Mystery House, that will be the show for you. Thank you so much. Well, I can't talk. Thank you so much, Kayleen, for having for for coming on the show tonight. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you. I, I have enjoyed it tremendously. Thank you, Nicole. And also thank you, Todd. Absolutely. So I just wanted to because I think it's kind of apropos a little bit to the show. I, I found this quote and it's actually um, a quote by the authors of the book called The Afterlife Experiments, The Afterlife Experiments. And they say, and I think this is so profound, they say, if the living soul hypos- hypothesis is true and we develop our abilities to hear what the dead have to say to us, perhaps human deceit might come to an end. It's possible that we could enter a new era of human caring that Linda and I call integrity love. We would be strongly encouraged, to put it mildly, to take responsibility for our actions, transforming the way we live our daily lives. And as more of us openly look to the deceased for everyday guidance, this potential could make life easier, safer, and more rewarding. So I think that's a very profound quote. Kind of yes. goes in line with the show um, and, and with uh, a lot of the challenging times that a lot of us are facing today. Again, thank you so much for coming on uh, the show tonight, Kayleen. It was a pleasure. And I want to leave you, as I always do, with this last little tidbit of knowledge here here at the here at the afterlife chronicles we are bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time see you next week and have a great night